And there you go. There's another sound. You folks always like that. It's Brew with a Crew. My name is Rock Cruz. Thanks for listening. Um, of course, I'm with, uh, well, I'm, I am Team Cruz High Boxing Academy. <laughs> but uh, I'd like to make some shout-outs before I introduce my special guest. I want to make some shout-outs today to my lovely wife and kids, my family up there in um, uh, New York and in uh, Pennsylvania and California, my friends out there in uh, California and Florida and, and Pennsylvania, uh, and of course, uh, shout out to my co-host, uh, the Bulldog, Brittany Thompson, and the technician, Jennifer Kazora. And uh, I'd like to introduce some special guests today. And I have a question for you before, after I introduce you. Uh, James and Pinky London, how y'all doing? Hey, good. You're good. doing good? Super good. Good, good. Now I have a question, Pinky. My question to you is, uh, when are we going to take over the world? <laughs> I hated that cartoon when the dead came out. Oh, oh man. Well, this is great. I mean, um, uh, I've, I don't know what episode this is, the sixth episode, whatever the case may be. But by the way, if you don't know, uh, Teen Cruise, Tie Boxing Academy, we train and fight out of the academy that they're going to introduce you guys to, which is what, James? Apex Martial Arts Academy. Apex Martial Arts Academy. So you see a lot of times when I'm posting stuff on Instagram, it'll be Teen Cruise Thai Boxing Academy, and then it'll be uh, Apex, in case you're uh, following my Instagram or following the girl's Instagram. Uh, listen, man, it, it's been You know, first of all, let me say this. It's been a pleasure training here, okay? Let's, let's get that off our chest here. It's been a pleasure training here. Um, the atmosphere is great. And uh, you really give me the leeway that I need to do to do what I have to do. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, it's fantastic. Now let's get to you guys. Too easy. Yeah, let's get to, let's get let's get to taking over the world part. That is the plan. <laughs> That's the plan. We might take, not take over the world. If not, at least the city. What's up? Exactly. Anyway, uh, let's let's start with whoever wants to start off. Maybe Pinky, you want to start off. Uh, when did your training begin? My training started in 2012 in Kansas City. Um, well, we lived right outside of Kansas City in Overland Park, Kansas. And um, initially, James was the one training. Um, he would get off work at 5 and then come home around 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And he was like, I was at the gym. And I was like, bull. Ain't no way. I was like, I don't know nobody that's training five six hours a day i was like this is ridiculous so right. he was like oh you know you should come train and i was like yeah i'm not doing that i was like i don't want to be around a group of stinky dudes dudes and <laughs> i'm not trying to do it so he was like well what if i get you a private lesson and i was like okay i might do that uh -huh. so um he got us a private lesson with brian carroll out of low kick camp out in kansas and um i loved it I loved it. I was like, okay, I want to do it. I want to train. And um, that's how I got started. So, okay, so uh, so you guys were together before you started, before you started your career. Yes. yes. Correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you guys were together and you guys met in Kansas City. Is that? Um, no, it's interesting. Like, we grew up together. Okay. Yeah, in New Orleans, Louisiana. And like, you know, many people... I graduated, got away. She graduated, went straight to college. We were a year apart. Uh -huh. um, we reconnected because my adult life took me through the Army path, and I was stationed in Memphis, Tennessee. She has family in Memphis, Tennessee, okay, and was down visiting, and there you go. And there you go. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so you were training at... The what academy again? The Brian Carroll? Yes. Was yeah. She was, was at she was at Low Kid Camp. Oh, so you were at Low Kid. Okay. It, it'll clear up if I if I run through my my. Okay. So training for me started off with Taekwondo as uh, a teenager, right? My parents put us in it. Um, it was short lived though. I only made it to like yellow belt because I was only wanting to spar, and the instructors decided to take sparring away for a while. And then I just stopped going. Okay. Um, 
as an adult, I was putting my oldest, oldest son, James Jr., I put him in Shotokan Karate in Memphis, and he asked me to train with him. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me back into training. Um, that is, those instructors at a USA Karate introduced me to, to Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. And then I was told that I could do the striking and the grappling together, believe it or not. Man, this was maybe 2007, 2008, and I hadn't even been paying attention to what MMA was. Right. But once I figured out that I could do them all together, I was like, yeah, that's the sport I need to do. Right. And that's kind of the way my life's been. You know, like I can do one aspect pretty well, but you'll find people that can do that better than me. Right. But if right, you give right. me a couple of different options, right. I can sort through things and put them together in a and way that most together. people can't. So, right. um, so then when we got together, the Army moved me from Memphis. So I had to leave my first team, um, which is the... If you ever seen any of my fights, I have a Ronin tattoo on my chest that represents the first team that I was with. Um, long story behind that. We can save that for another time. Or if you want to delve, you can ask. Um, but then that brings us to Kansas City, where I was training at what's now called um, American Top Team Kansas City. Right. Okay. And that's when we got her into training. Okay. So then you, you that's when you started training, mm-hmm. right? And, and what did you start training in? So I predominantly and still am predominantly Muay Thai. So I got with Brian Carroll and I ran with it. Like, I loved Thai. I loved everything about Thai. I loved the power. I loved everything that Thai, you know, stood for. So I predominantly trained with him. And um, I trained for about a month. And I was like, I want to fight. And my husband's a jerk. So... (laughs) He knew I probably didn't exactly know what I was getting into, but he threw me into my first fight. I'm going to have to dive in on this because this is a good story for you behind this. Yeah, tell me the story. So when I meet her at the time, I'm 1-0, well, re-meet her. I'm 1-0 in MMA, okay? And I'm training for my second fight. And in the lead up to this fight, um, I'm just like, well, I've already got a, a win. So in this one, I just want to see how things go if I just stand and trade with somebody. Right. My whole team is telling me that's not a good idea, but right. <laughs> I'm hard-headed, right? So I want to impress her, okay? Um, the first time we go out, I thought I think I took you to an event where they had yeah, some fights going on, so we were just we watching. You took me to MMA fights. Um, I had never been before. Uh-huh. So then I'm like, yo, you should come see me fight, right? <laughs> All right. This never goes well, right? You yeah. see how this is going. <laughs> yeah. So I'm training like she's telling you, like hours on hours. I'm putting in this work. And I was I, pregnant with Jane. Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, that's our youngest son. So like this thing is just not. Nothing about this is looking like it's going to go well. Okay? Right. Um, I have six different opponents, roughly, because guys are dropping off, dropping off. And then they finally come to me with this guy. And the background they give me is he did kickboxing in the Air Force uh, while he was overseas. And he had some experience. Uh-huh. You know, that's that quotes for those people. Right. You guys can't see me. So we show up for weigh-ins and I'm in jeans, not jean shorts, full on jeans. And I weigh in at a hundred and maybe fifty three pounds. I was fighting one fifty five at this point. This guy literally strips down to like skivvies, uh-huh. and like he looks at me like I'm a kid, you know. So right. fight night comes and everything is going to plan. Right, first round we're moving. I'm touching him. He's not really touching me because remember at this point I'm predominantly a Shotokan karate kid. Right. That's point fighting with some jujitsu. Right. Um, and everything's going well. I'm touching him. He's not touching me. First round's coming to an end, and the buzzer goes off, and he hits me after the buzzer. Bang. Okay. Now that I'm more seasoned, I know. Sit down, calm down, reassess. Right. That version of me, nah. <laughs> My coach comes in and tries to give me some advice. I'm like, bro, move out of the way. When the ref says go, I'm going to go get him. My right. coach is like, that's what he's asking for. Right. Because he can't catch you. He needs you to come to him. Right. Right. <laughs> she's out in the stands my oldest son is at this point at this point he's like maybe five six right he's mm-hmm. young right the ref says go and i'm telling this story bro this this is if, if, if i if you don't believe i don't have an ego listen to this story again okay because i'm putting this out there for everybody and the picture is on my facebook for you to see it all right it's in the the the, the uh book is called mma and the photos the ref said go right 
I uh-huh. went. I shot the most Conor McGregorous straight right hand, <laughs> and he slipped it, <laughs> and he swung a hook, and caught me right behind the ear. That was it. I slid down this man's chest. Okay. <laughs> In my mind, I rolled over. Right. Right. Which I did roll over. Right. I didn't know he came down to try to strike again. So as I roll over, I just remember the ref looking at me. I'm looking at the ref like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, it's over. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yes. I'm like, okay. I get up. I go have a drink. I realize, okay, I could be flashed. I could be dropped. I could be hurt, right? Right. Worst part about it is I, I, it's not until I get out the cage that I realize what actually happened to me that night. One, my lady just saw me get beat up. Right. Okay. <laughs> but worse than that, when I fell, my, my baby yells out, you killed my dad. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> at that point, I was like, I might want to take this serious if I'm going to keep doing it. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So she has a history of like seeing me at my worst, right? right? Fast forward to some time in Kansas City, and I'm doing pretty well with MMA. And I keep getting to the verge of a title shot, and then I have a, a, a bad performance, and then it's a setback, right? So right. at one point... Um, kid literally they was trying to get me to work my wrestling at that time they called me uh, IDW in the gym I don't wrestle because I was like yo take me down I'll use jujitsu right so kid just holding on to my leg she's like yo like if you're gonna fight fight okay right. we get to the next time I'm try- about to get a, a title fight I get sick seriously not these now fighters nowadays right, like, right, oh right. my no I'm talking about really sick uh-huh. like if he was over 102 during fight week right and my coaches are like, well, it's Wednesday. You're feeling better. They was like, you should be good. You should come back stronger. I'm like, bet. I just want to fight. Right. She tells me no. Okay? No. I'm like, what yeah, I we're told doing them it. was that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. I was like, nobody comes back stronger after being sick the way you were sick. Right. Like, I'm talking about fever all week, puking, not eating, chills, like, And I just wanted sick. to fight. Right. You know? So I, I fight this kid. And it was, uh, we were Kansas City, they were St. Louis, so we typically fought each other, right? So, I'm doing my thing. First round, I get him in a triangle early in the, in the rounds. Three-minute rounds, it's like maybe a minute 20 in. Uh-huh. Triangle cinched up. I realize I don't have the strength to squeeze this kid out. Right. right. He sits in it. Buzzer goes off, we go back to the side. Come out, second round. I get the takedown, I'm working from the top. He rolls me over, I hit the armbar. I'm holding this armbar for upwards of a minute. Just positionally, I could get there. Right. I just didn't have the strength to the finish. The strength to finish it. Third round comes. Because you were right. Yeah, she was right. Yes. I mean, I said that too. There we go. That's that's no ego number two. Uh, I throw a kick. Somehow I end up on my back. The kid just stands over me and he's like, you know how they kick on the legs. Yeah, yeah. And the round plays out pretty much like that. So in my mind, I'm like, I got the first two. He got the last one. But that's when I learned. If you're on top, you're winning. Right. Regardless of it. So the judges came out. He wins the fight. I get up, rock. She looked at, I look at her because immediately I find her. Right. Her face had the highest level of disgust that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And I was embarrassed. So I'm petty, rock. Right. So she's been training for a month when she murmurs, I think I want to fight. Nope. Hook her up, yo. Since it's that easy that you can look at me like that, hook her up, man. And I, I laugh because when he comes down, and hopefully you'll get to meet him, but L.C. Davis is like a really huge fighter, and he's he's uh-huh. done a lot in his fight career. And L.C. kept asking him, like, you sure you want to do this? Like, that's your girl. You sure you, sure you want to put your woman out there? And he's like, yes, yes. Right. Put her up there. So... <laughs> Like, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yo, this is nothing. It was just a kickboxing fight. I'm like, two minutes? I'm like, anybody can fight for two minutes. Like, it's two minutes. A total of six minutes in the cage. I'm like, I'm good. So, like, I trained for this fight. And, like, we didn't really cut weight. Mm -hmm. We fought at, like, 150 or 155 or something like that. So, it wasn't, like, a weight cut for me. Like, I was walking around at that weight at the time. Uh So, we go to weigh-ins. And this girl had been talking stuff, like, the whole time. Like, on Twitter, on all kinds of social media. And I'm like, eh, whatever. This girl comes to weigh-ins, right? This is, like, the biggest country-fed girl I didn't ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, and we walk up, and we weigh in, and then, you know, they have us face off. And she laughs at me. Like, <laughs> she for real laughs at me. So, I'm like, okay. So, we get to the, to the venue, and we get ready to fight. It's the, you know, nerves or whatever. But, like... They rung that bell rock. I swear I threw 400 punches. 
I right. went out. Right. Yeah. I went out and I went after it. I was like, I'm, I'm ending this in the first round. It was. <laughs> it was by far the greatest display of amateur striking that you have ever seen. And here's why I say that, bro. It's not that the technique was bad. Right. It's just that anyone who had more than one fight would know the volume of which she thrown. Right. There was no coming back for that. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was yeah. it, bro. Yeah. That, right. that gas tank was done. They bro. run that bell, and I sat down, and I swear, I don't even smoke. It felt like I smoked the carton of cigarettes. <laughs> My chest was on fire. So I'm like, all right, I got to get through this. So we go into the next round, and it's kickboxing. So we got on headgear and shin guards. I put this girl in a headlock like four times. Like the ref was like, you cannot do that. Like, not headlock nobody. So I'm like, yo, in my head, I'm like, I got to do what I got to do to survive. So I'm like, they ring the bell again. We got like one more round. So I'm like, bet. So we go into the third round. And I headlocked her again. And the ref was like, if you do that one more time, like, it's done. But, like, when I did it this time, I slid her head gear off. Right. So, he had to, like, stop the fight. So, right. I'm like, man, I'm over there praying, like, please let her take her time. Put this right. head gear like, back up. I just need to catch my breath. So, like, she didn't really hit me. But right. she was bigger than me and she kept holding me against the, the cage. And right. I just didn't have the strength to get her off me. You know what I'm saying? So, at this point... I'm literally counting in my head like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. I'm like, I know it been two minutes. I'm like, where is the bell? So, like, they ring the bell and, like, they go to the judge's decision and I lost by split decision. But I was like, okay. But after that, I was like, all right, I'm going to get it together. I really want to do this. So I was like, this was cool. So. That's, that's, yeah. that's great. That's a great story. But the chick that I fought, though, it's funny because after we all went upstairs to talk and she was like, you hit hard. She was like, I ain't never been hit like that before. It was and just was funny, like, man, to see you got one chick trying to press the other one up against the cage because she right. don't want to get, or she don't want to punch, you know? Yeah. Because she hit her, like, pins right. She hit her once and the girl immediately went to the Randy Couture, pressed him against the cage. Right. Right. And then on, the, but what she didn't notice is while she trying to push Pink against the cage, Pink is legit. She just trying to get the headlock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, it turned into like, WWE wrestling right. with headgear and gloves and shin guards on, man. It was good, though. That is funny. You know. So, how was, since we're on the fighting topic now, how was the training back then when you started? Um, it, for me, it. yeah, it definitely was a, it had to be a love thing. You know right. what I'm saying? Because, and I, t- I tell my story to anybody who will listen. I'll share it with you now. Um, when I got into fighting, um, it was right around the time that her and I reconnected, and I wasn't in the best place. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I I had just gotten back from being overseas in Iraq. Um, I was placed into recruiting, um, and I found uh, what if, uh, what's the what's the word um, comfort, right? In mm-hmm. drinking. Right. So I was I would drink myself to sleep at night, and then I would get up early the next morning, and I would work from seven a.m. to eleven p.m. Right. I got into training again because my son asked me, so that gave me something to do. Right. So that physical activity felt good, and then I started to compete in karate. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, only one tournament though, because I shortly thereafter found jujitsu. But that one competition got me back focused. It's, I'm like, yo, I like this. Like this is fun. Right. So then I do jujitsu, um, and it's the same. It's it's difficult. You know, it's, it's challenging every day. And I couldn't go in there hungover. Right. One, because I would get choked. Yeah. But two, like, it's hard to explain to people why after warm-ups you smell like yeah. at the time it was Ciroc. You know, it was right, my right, drink right, of choice. Right. So the funny thing about it, though, is it wasn't like it is now where you can go to an MMA gym uh-huh. and have everything in one spot. Kind of like here where you guys can come and do boxing, jiu-jitsu, and right. Muay Thai right. all in one spot. So I did my striking at the karate studio. And then I would drive 35, 40 minutes to the jiu-jitsu place to do jiu-jitsu. And then they, they're the ones that introduced me to MMA. Uh-huh. So I would also do MMA training there, but I never stopped doing my karate training. Karate. You know? And that was pretty much 
the way training was, even when I did get to the MMA gym in Kansas City, they're, they're, they were predominantly boxer wrestlers. And here I was, a kicking jujitsu guy. Right. Right. So I was, at one point, I think I was spending maybe what almost six hundred dollars a month yeah, just in training because just training. Gym and then you went to, to Brian, Brian Carroll for my Muay Thai, and then I spent some time with Kansas City uh, BJJ and Jason yeah. Bercher doing uh-huh. jujitsu, and then slowly but surely I had to scale back. But like, and then you got with um, Travis Conley. Yep, Travis Conley. He would do my conditioning, mm-hmm. and so at the point that I took it. And then you were at 68 Sports doing Yeah, I, I was everywhere, man. Like, right. you, you went to so a lot of places. When I, like, now that I'm here and I'm coaching and I see, like, this spot um, and the other spots around here where guys can do everything in one spot, I'm like, they don't understand how fortunate they right. are to have it. So, 100 bucks a month? Really? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you got to remember, like, when I quoted you the 600, that was for the skills, Right, yeah. The boxing, the wrestling, the jujitsu, the kickboxing, that wasn't including Travis Conley, right? And his thing was nutrition and conditioning, uh-huh. right? And then that wasn't including sixty-eight sports because Travis had a lot of clients, you know. Right. So I would get with him when I could. Me and, and LC actually, the only way I was able to get with him was LC gave me his time slot, so I would tag along with him, you know, yeah. to get we with Travis. Yeah, sports, and then at sixty-eight we had, we had tied, uh, there, yeah. tie. We had time um, training us. So it, it did, uh, training was a lot different. It's a lot like different. That. You know, it's amazing uh, uh, that you have folks today that, let's, okay, you mentioned $100. And I'm not saying here, but I'm just saying you have folks today that, well, I can't afford, I can't do this, mm-hmm. and I can't, and they want to fight, and I can't afford the honey. Well, you can, if you want it, you can afford it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's called sacrifice like anything else. So, I mean, you know, if you're paying a hundred dollars a month and you're getting what you get, you should be happy that you're getting that because, like, what you did, yeah. you had to spend like six hundred dollars. I've heard of other stories of of fighters have to travel two, three hours to train. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah, two, three hours to train. That's one way. Yeah. yeah, never mind two ways. That's just one way. So you know, if 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 that's your passion, then you make uh, concessions. And you do what you have to do, no matter what it is, whether it's pay the money, travel, whatever the case may be, and you do what you have to do. You know I think I mean? a lot of these new fighters, too, get caught up in the whole, like, they want all this fancy, these fancy facilities and this fancy training, and they think they have to have all this extra stuff. And a lot of them are willing to pay top dollar to go to all these fancy places because they have all this new technology and all these, you know, these new things. And then you have smaller gyms like us where it's only $100 a month, but we're more traditional and more kind of old school. But like when you think or even when you watch movies like Rocky and Creed, like they have all these big time fights. But when they get to those big time fights, yeah, they have all this new training, but they always go back to the basics. Like that's what they need to get that push to get where they need to be. Because like I really love training with. Brian Carroll and I love training with you because you guys have like that kind of old school mentality on how things are done. Like with Brian Carroll, when we were in fight camp, you went and first thing we had to do was like, how long was our run? 20 minutes? Yeah. And Brian turned his basic, it was up what, on like the seventh floor, fifth floor? Yeah. He was up on like the fifth floor in like downtown in like this kind of warehouse district. Mm -hmm place where he ran his gym out of but like when you first got there we went on our run and then we had stairs right and you had to run up and down those five flights of stairs for 15 minutes 20 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever and if you were late you had to wear the weighted vest and run up and down the stairs right and like i'm the first to say like i hate cardio i hate it with a passion uh-huh. i don't want to do it i hate it but i know it's necessary so like james will tell you like during fight camp i left every night with like a huge F you to everybody. Like right, right. Everybody be like, bye, Pink. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? F you. But I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. And like, I can say I've probably had maybe four fights, four or five fights. Something in kickboxing that one. Yeah, I've had maybe, I, I want to say two kickboxing fights and two MMA fights and then a traditional Thai fight. So about five fights. Yeah, you But, are. um, I've always, I've never been 
like hurt in a fight. Right. Like I've always gotten beaten up the most during fight camp. Like it's yes. never been a time where I came out of a fight physically hurt or with a scratch on me, to be honest. But in fight camp, like I just remember James and the guys I trained with used to beat the heck out of me. Right. Like I would have busted lips. I would be bruised. I would be scratched up. But I can say too that I always walked into the cage with that confidence. Like I trained with grown men for the past eight weeks. Like it's nothing this girl across from me can exactly. do to me. Yep. Like she can't hurt me. It's nothing she can do to me because I know who I trained with right. for the past eight weeks. And I was just explaining that to Anthony. He was here Saturday at Open Mat, and I was telling him um, basically what you said in class when you were like, "Don't take it easy." Right. On the girls, because yeah. the people out in the streets or out in the world or fighting or wherever aren't going to take it easy on them. And I'm like, it's true. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, as, as a fighter, and that's one of the problems I find a lot. It's like, you know, especially the guys. <laughs> they they want to come off the street. I want to fight right away. They don't want to put in the time mm-hmm. or the effort. And uh, you have to put in the time and the effort because the training as a fighter is nine times out of ten more difficult than the fight mm-hmm. itself. Okay, the training is tough because you want your fighters to to be tough. You want them conditioned and you want them ready for battle so that yes, they can come out of these battles mainly unscathed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And uh, you know, I mean, I have the girls, and so I, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't cut corners with them. You know, I beat them up, whatever the case may be. When I had Kayla, it was just me and Kayla. We didn't, she didn't have nobody to spar, so I would spar with her. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do ten minute rounds with her. I would do certain things with her. You know what I mean? And that got her ready. You know what I'm saying? And you touched on something too, which I kind of like. When Pinky, when you said that, you know, a lot of a lot of people like these fancy things and all this fancy stuff, and mm-hmm. and you know all this stuff. At, at the end of the day, if you really look at it, okay, it's your fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you don't need a fancy anything. You, you, you okay? Go out back and flip tires. Right. Go run. Do sled. We got sledge. Do sledgehammer stuff. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, uh, up, up, up and down these little stairs we got up yeah. here. Uh, push-ups, sit-ups. You know, sometimes yeah. you don't need these big fancy places. Don't get me wrong. You know, people gravitate to them because there's a lot more training parts mm-hmm. you can train with. Mm-hmm. But at this particular point in time, some some people just don't, you don't need that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What you need is somebody or people around you that's going to motivate you and push you, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, yes, I mean, I, I am old school. I'm, I'm sometimes guilty of going too far, but that's me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the way I came up. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it works for me because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a disciplinarian and uh, I, my fighters win. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, um, so, okay. So, uh, you're in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh you had your. Were you still living in Kansas City when you had all your fights? Yes. yes. Okay. And not you. No, I had. Um, let's see. I had one, two. I had four fights in Memphis. Uh-huh. So I came. Was it four? Let's see. You had a lot. Oh, no, in Memphis. Yeah, it was. Memphis, it was four. Had, but then I went back and I did a fifth mm-hmm. fight. So. I won my first, lost my second. I won two straight, and then my final fight was for about to fight Daddy. yeah, was for a title in Memphis. And this right. guy, um, you can see him if you're familiar with. Uh, actually, you can see him if you watch the career of a uh, UFC fighter Brian Spann. He's always in his corner. His name is Brian Hall. Okay. Um, ironically, this is a dude, one of the dudes that influenced me to get into MMA. Right. Um, but he had beaten one of my teammates, and I think he was sixteen and three. I was three and one, right. but I was like, I'm leaving. Right. And I wanted that fight. That's what I was working towards. Right. So I took that fight. I lost. Um, real naked choke. Uh-huh. You know. Um, and then I went to Kansas City. Now, in Kansas City, that's when we put the, the rubber to the road. Right. Like, I think at, at for a long time, we were fighting every four weeks. Yeah. Every four yeah, weeks, I was, I was in the cage. You were in the cage. Um, and, um, and I think by the time we left Kansas City... And that's what I hate, man. I really do um, about the amateur system currently, because you can log, you can look up a guy 
and see one thing, and it's nowhere near the record. Right. Like my 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 amateur record online is trash and incorrect. I have losses recorded to guys that I won. Right. They say they want you to send them proof. I send the proof. I have the promoters send the proof. Nothing changes, but no joke. By the time we left Kansas City, I got there three and two. By the time we left there, I was twenty and five. Twenty and five. Like we, right. I fought You're fighting all the time. All the I fought so often, rock. Uh, that the folks that worked at the casino knew me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you come to the tire gym, you'll see the posters from Blue Corner, and I'm on the posters, several different posters. Right. Like, that's what I did. Right. You know? I'm like, if I if, it, if there's a card, I'm going to fight. Yeah. And I took some losses because of that. Part of right, those right. fives yeah. was, like... We fought so often. It was times I, I went to that casino and forgot my ID. And they were, and they were like, just like, come on in. You know? Come on um, up. Right. So, come yeah, I was 20... And five as an amateur, and I was one and oh as a pro. As a pro, when we left there, yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I find difficult too, especially for, for the females, Pinky, mm-hmm. is finding fights. Yeah, you know what I mean, and uh, 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 staying busy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That's that's and that's one of the things is staying busy, especially as a fighter. You want to stay busy. You want to stay current. You, you. I feel like with females, it's more so. I honestly feel like it's more so the instructors. Um, is is what I gather from it because, like a lot of them, um, from what I saw, a lot of them are just trying to, kind of push them off as pretty girls who know how to fight because right. of course that sells tickets, and you know, they can get endorsements and all of that stuff. Right. So they don't want to make their girls look bad. So it's often if it's not a fight that they know they can win, right? They won't take it or if they take it and then they come across some information that lets them know that hey, this this is really a, a girl that's trying to fight. Right. Then they back out. And it's it's hard for females because there are some females, you know, like Brittany and like Kayla who love to fight and they want to fight and they want to train and like it's they've made it their life and that's what they want to do. But it does make it difficult um, for females in general because you have so many that are in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now we're, f- this f- well, uh, right now, um, supposedly we've got a fight for Jennifer uh, in July and uh, talking about Blue Corner. Uh, and hopefully he'll have something in August so I can get them both on the card. But yeah, it's real difficult. And I, I don't know if it's this area per mm-hmm. se, mm-hmm. you know, a Louisville area because there's not really much happening here. You know, you only have really one promotion, which is Hard Rock, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all MMA. They don't do no kickboxing. They don't do no Muay Thai. They do the the boxing has re, uh, uh, has risen again here. There's a resurgence rather yeah. in the boxing, which is good. It's good for boxers, but as far as the kickboxers and the Muay Thai, it's not good. Um, so uh, okay, so we moved from Kansas City. So what brought you to Louisville? Um, the army. <laughs> if I'm just gonna be honest. Okay. Um, and it could have been anywhere. Right. You know, the the week that we were leaving Kansas, we knew we were leaving that week. Uh-huh. Um, but initially, we were going to Seattle. That Monday, it changes to New York. Uh-huh. On Tuesday, it becomes Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, Wednesday, I put a call out. I'm like, listen, I've gotten three different instructions. I sign out of my apartment on Friday. And I'm getting on the road to the last place I had official orders to. So I just was going to drive to Seattle and then be like, listen, I'm here now. What are you going to do? Um, and then that Thursday, it becomes Louisville um, with orders. So Friday, I sign out. That Saturday, we get on the road. We drive down to Louisville. And so that, that's being, uh, uh, what do you do now for the Army? That's in recruiting. Recru- recruiting. Yeah, okay. that's in recruiting. But I had just left from being what people typically think about when you, when you say recruiter. So I don't really interact. Right, with the right. general public anymore. Now I'm in guidance, so I just do job reservations. Gotcha. Um, so that's that's how we ended up here in Louisville. So how do you like Louisville? Um, Louisville to me, she don't like it as much as I do. I like Louisville because it's slow. Um, no disrespect to anybody that hears this. I like Louisville because it is, if you want to talk um, business talk, it's a market of opportunity. Right. The stuff here is good, but it's good for Louisville. Gotcha. And I don't know from what I see how much of what's going on here cares about being bigger than just Louisville. Right. And I do. 
So for me, this seems like the perfect place to put down roots. I take my lumps now the same way I did in my MMA career. Right. I learn. I grow. And then when we catch traction, though, like when I hit Kansas City, right. remember, you know what I'm saying? We hit there at three and two. We leave 20 and five. Right. When we catch traction. We're going for it. Right. So when you guys, I found it funny that you let off with the whole take over the world. That is the plan. Right. Like make no bones about <laughs> it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we, I, I play nice. I play humble. I shake hands. But right. that is the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> so um, how many kids you guys got? Man, you got a calculator? <laughs> no. Nah, um, yeah, we have, we have seven in total. And right. it's interesting. Uh, coming into the relationship... She had two from a previous marriage. I had one from a previous marriage. Okay. Um, we have Jaden. That's our youngest. That's one together. And then during the whole COVID shutdown, um, we also coached track at right, Bullet right, Central right. High School. So we ended up having one of our runners who was in foster care um, run into some issues. So they're our daughters now, too. Gotcha. So we have seven kids have seven in kids. total. And and how so you're busy so uh, with seven kids mm-hmm. and running a gym and army stuff and he's the fo- an assistant football coach and at the you high coach school. also and he we're both head coaches for the track for track and field at Bullet Central High School and then he's also an assistant football coach right at Central so high school. you're busy <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yes so how do you find the school system here. For me, I wouldn't say I don't like Louisville per se. It's just, uh, for me, it was a culture shock. Uh Like, we both are from New Orleans. We've both been in New Orleans our whole lives. So, coming here, I was just surprised at how behind Louisville is on things. Um, It's so much that a lot of the kids here don't know, um, especially, like, as pertaining to just track and field and right. and black culture in general. Um, it's just a lot that they don't know. And especially being out here in Shepherdsville, we definitely see, it's definitely a culture shock being in Shepherdsville. I love Shepherdsville as far as the area. Um, uh-huh. Growing up in New Orleans, like he'll tell you, I don't want to be in the city right, anywhere right. around the city. Like right. I want peace and quiet right. off in the suburbs. Like uh-huh. that's what I want. And so Shepherdsville provides that. But um, it's definitely, it has been an adjustment for us and the kids. Um, but like he said, like the whole taking over the world thing, I, I don't shy away from it. Like my goal is, is to educate and kind of bring what I know is out there to Shepherdsville. There is a lot of talent. There are a lot of talented kids here and there is room for a lot here. Um, and I think they'll be open to it. I think there's just so much out there. Because Shepherdsville and Louisville is so seems to be so closed off to the world. Right. There's so much out there that they don't know they can have. Right, so. right. So, so, that's, yeah. So, uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, I've, I've got uh, our kids. Uh, I grew up in New York, in the Bronx. And so, uh, back in the day, I'm not going to tell you how far back, but <laughs> but suffice it to say that back in the day when I grew up and went to Catholic schools, the nuns will whoop your ass, okay? <laughs> so that goes to tell you about as far as how far back I go, okay? But, uh, but yeah, I, I personally like the, uh, and we're going to get back on topic here, but I, per- I personally like the, the school. I like the traditional schools mm-hmm. versus, the, the, versus the, the public school type of thing they have, plus the uh, uh, private schools so you have your options, you know what I mean? So, I, you know. We liked it. Me and my wife liked it for the kids, you know, for the two girls that we have. Um, okay, so ha- tell me a little bit of how you've got this spot, Apex. <laughs> um, so I, I guess it comes when you first got to Louisville. Yes. Okay. It, yeah. It's, it's, it, Apex was not Apex. The building, the instructor... Those things were always the goal. Right. Because at the age that I got into MMA, I was already mid-20s. Right. So I understood that for me to get where I was trying to go, time was going to work against me. And let's not forget, like, I'm in the Army. 
Right. I couldn't do anything without getting permission. So I couldn't right. even go pro without getting. I had to have a bout agreement sent to me from the promoter indicating how much I would get paid. Submit that to my chain of command so that they can run it through legal to give me permission to go pro. And I also have to sign a statement of understanding stating that if I got to the point where I made X amount, right, that I understood it could lead to me not being in the military. Because that's that is the disciplinary right, right, action. Right. If you act up, then, you know, they don't they can take money um, mm-hmm. and extra duty. Mm-hmm. So when I started in MMA, I started it with the mindset that I wanted to instruct. So part of the reason for me chasing fights and doing the things that I did in fights, like this, is it's, it's always deeper. That's what I tell right. my kids and the people that I train. So, in fights, I would, and sometimes I won, sometimes I lost, and it goes the same for my jujitsu. Even if you see me compete now, if you come and roll with me now, like it's, it's serious to the degree I'm not gonna let you hurt me, right. but I'm always collecting data, right. right? So, as I'm going through my early career in MMA. Um, well, actually, my entire career, I'm taking these fights. I'm seeing how my training camp went, how my weight cut went, um, uh-huh. the process that my coaches went through to find opponents. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. How my coaches handled other fighters so I can, you know, have a good list of do's and don'ts. Right. Okay. So I thought that this would be much later. Uh-huh. So I get to Louisville um, and it's it's no secret, you know, um, when I first got here, I was with that same group as Lance Lawrence, right. uh, Marcus Hudson. Uh, we had Alex Hacker. We had uh, Zach. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, we had right. Aaron. We were good, bro. When you, Ruben War, like, no joke. I kid you not. And I know this is off topic, but this is my honest feelings on this. If you sit back and you pull the roster of fighters that I was with, and you were there because you were our coach, um, when I first got here, I feel 100% confident in saying that you'd be hard-pressed to find a gym in the region right. that could match that roster, talent for talent, potential for potential. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed that time. Um, we trained hard, really hard. We got after it. We went. We took fights. We won a whole hell of a lot more than we ever lost. Yes. Um, but slowly... Um, it, it just kind of deteriorated. And and it happens. You know what I'm saying? It's unfortunate. It happens. So I found myself at a spot where um, the way I, I explain to people, because people ask, you know, right. Louisville's yeah. not that big. Yeah. Um, I don't have to say it for people to know, you know, what, it was, yeah. what I'm yeah. talking about. But I tell them it's kind of like that movie Life, you know, mm-hmm. um, at the end when a character starts to kind of fade away. That's what, that's what was happening in the gym. Like, right. we were growing, and then, like, first you see it, and then Ruben's gone. Right, we're like, right, okay, right. we can still keep this going. And then we're training, we're training, we're training, Zach's gone. Right, right. Training, we're training, training, Lance is gone. And then you, one day you look up, and you like, here I am, in here every day, with the next crop, having to guide them. And truth be told, like, my time... The, what came, what, what sprung Apex into existence was me having to pull out of my first fight ever. Right. That's what happened. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. Having to go through that process, um, having my feelings hurt, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then, like, sitting down and, and taking an assessment of my life and realizing that the things that were going on, um, like, I, I, I feel confident in saying when I was in Kansas, and it, it ties in. I know it feels like I'm bouncing around. No, that's fine. I feel confident in saying that when I was in Kansas City, I told you the gym that I, I was with was a boxer wrestler gym. Um, and I started a jujitsu program in that gym. Right. And it got good, you know. And then we got some, uh, Travis came in, uh, brown belt at the time. And then he started running classes, and he kind of, like, took that program and grew it from there, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. And then I came here, and it got to the point to where I was teaching a lot of classes, and the classes that I was teaching were growing. So I kind of saw that I could be successful in something that I had already planned on doing. Right. So when it came time for me to to make a decision for myself, I felt like I could, A, go to find another gym and just go through the whole process again. And you got to remember, like, I've, I've been going 
through gyms since 2007, right? right. Because, like I said, every three to five years, I'm moving with the Army, right? So right. I just got tired of it, and she knew what, what my heart was. And she was like, listen, if you're ever going to do it, just go now, you know? Um, so we sat back. Thought about it, um, and now I'm, I'm talking to the audience because, of course, you know this, but um, I reached out to you. You know, I'm like, hey, look, you know, I was still coming to see you to train with you, and I think you had me go and grab a bag or move something. And I'm like, yo, what's this room? And you was like, it's it's just storage right now. And right. Uh, this was at Throwdown. Right. Uh, what's that? It was it. What's that area? Is that Shively? Uh, that's, that's not Shively. No, that's uh, uh, off of Terry Road. Yeah, uh, PRP area. PRP, and and that's where Apex originated, man. Right. Um, we got in there, got the room together, ran classes out of there for uh, about a month, and it was crazy because, like, when we first decide, when I first decided to step away. Um, and start to look at this. It was just her and I, you know? And I'm like, okay, this would be good. We were just going to drill to stay sharp and then hope, you know, right. that people would come. But some guys that they had trained with me and they wanted to continue to train with me came over. And so now I'm looking in what was a great size room. It just, it was too small. Too small. If everybody was there, um, we just was on top of each other. So the opportunity to grow wasn't, wasn't going to, be uh, optimized and lo and behold I'm out one day and I, I come across the space that we're in right now and I'm like this is an awesome space we can do some things for some years here right you know um, and it's available the, everything lines up and boom here we go you know apex is born in this current location and then it just became okay like I, I'm, I'm always trying to think long term, right? Uh -huh. So I could have opened this up and just ran with it the way that it was, but I also knew that in order for my students to grow, I needed to continue to grow as well. Right. Um. I always had you there for striking, um, and I needed someone to continue to guide me in jujitsu. Right. So at the time, I was talking with uh, Scott Smith, uh -huh. who I met through Lance Lawrence. And ironically enough, I was talking to Adam Gomez, who I met through Danny Harris. Right. Um, and they both were saying the same thing. They was like, hey, take some time. Just run your classes right now and just look at things and let them line up. And talking to Scott, like, she'll tell you the amount of respect I have for him. You know, like, great business mind, great guy more right. than anything. Because he sat down with me and he explained it to me quite plainly. Love to have you. This is what our association is. Right. With you just starting out, if you don't have the student base, it's going to hinder you. And he was right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and, and at the same time, our conversations were so open. As I explained to him the routes that my mind was taking me with jujitsu, like, it wouldn't have lined up long term. Right. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Yeah. So then, as, at the same time, I'm talking with Adam Gomez and like, I, like this guy, like, that's my guy. Um, we fit. You know right. what I'm saying? He's very exploratory and expressive in his jujitsu. He allows for me to be expressive and exploratory in my jujitsu. So I, I like that because I am not traditional in my approach by any means. Right. You know, um, so he allows for that. At the same time, he challenges me. He coaches me. He's always either on my phone or in my inbox. Once we see each other. Um, He's, he's wanting to see what I got, where am I at? And then he's, he's pushing like, okay, this looks good. And then he gives me this. Right. That looks bad. Clean that up, you know. Um, and then that's how we became a part of the Killer Beer Association. And then it just so happened that fate would have it that we had an opportunity to link back up with you mm -hmm. and have you come and basically complete what we're trying to do here. Right. And I'll say this for the audience. Like, I promise you, you have not seen anywhere near what's going to come out of this place. Right. Because we understand that this is just what we're going into year three. Mm -hmm. We're going into year three. You know what I'm saying? We're still crawling. Right. You know, we're learning each other. I'm learning as a coach. My students are learning what's expected of them to be able to compete. 
we've tested waters, we have success, and we've had losses. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yep. But what's coming next is going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff right yeah. there. That's the truth, baby. That's the truth. July will be three years we've been in this building. Yeah. We came July 2017. Yeah. So we made it through the pandemic. <laughs> coming up. Coming out. Yeah, this will be aggressive. Yeah, July aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's a it's a wonderful story, and uh, I'm I'm actually I'm 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 happy to be part of it, or at least some part of it. You know what I mean? Um, I think you're absolutely correct. I think things big things are going to happen at Apex. Um, again, uh, give give the folks the address to Apex. It's two eleven Arnold Drive. In Shepherdsville, um, we're right off Bell's Mills out in the Hillview area. And then you can also find us uh, on our website. It's www.theapexmaa.com. And we also have Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, you do have Twitter? Yes. Yeah, I've had Twitter for the longest. I, uh for years, I never used the damn yeah, thing. I'm not, I'm not much of a tweeter either, but our, our, our Instagram and our Facebook is a lot. Yeah. It's a process. You've got Snapchat, too. Yeah, it's I, a process. Linking like all this stuff together and getting it rolling. And getting it rolling. Yeah. But, like, like, I'm excited, man. Like you said, come July, we'll have you guys out representing. You know, um, as soon as we get these jujitsu tournaments back up and rolling, I have a group that's ready to go. Pink's back training. I'm back training. Right. Like you talked about our busy schedules with the time off has allowed us to do is clean that up. Right. And tighten that up. So, like I, like I kid you not, I, the, the level of confidence that is flowing through me right now, it has to be, I feel like it's, it's oozing out of me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm just like, yo, just point us in the direction of the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I mean, it, it's, you guys have done a fantastic job, um, and, uh, it shows, I mean, you know, people are coming and that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? That, that you, you have full classes and people are coming and, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And it's beautiful to listen to your story, how you came up and you got to this point that, you know, that's, that's. That's the American dream. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Started from the bottom and now we're, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So, uh, it's, been fa- it's been fantastic having you guys. Uh, Pinky, again, you haven't answered the question. When are we going to take over the world? Hopefully this year. <laughs> Hopefully this year. <laughs> it's been fantastic. James and Pinky London. Great to have you guys. And I will see you guys Tomorrow. Yes, sir. Tomorrow. <laughs> okay, folks, another great, great, great guest. And uh, tune in. Love y'all. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye.